You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is Episode 6, Troubleshooting the Art of When to Start Eating and When to Stop. I'm your host, Master Weight Loss Coach and author, Cookie Rosenblum. I am thrilled that you're here back with me today again, so let's get started. There's a lot to talk about. So today we're going to talk about the challenges that we face when you try to wait until you're hungry to start eating and you try to stop eating when your body is no longer hungry. If you remember back in episode three, we talked about exactly how to do that. How do we eat like a naturally slim person? And we used a physical hunger scale that went from minus 10 to plus 10. And our goal is to try to eat in between the twos, to eat when we're a little hungry at a minus two, and to stop when we're a little full, lightly satisfied at a plus two, not starving, not stuffed. And when we stop eating, we want to be comfortable enough to move around. That's a good gauge of you eating just the right amount for your body. If you need to lie on the couch and open your pants and feel like you can't move for the next month, obviously you're giving your body more than it needs. So our goal is that nice flow of a little hungry to a little full, comfortable and satisfied. And remember, we're not yet talking about what to eat. We're just talking about how to eat. So when I work with my clients, the two problems that come up for them when they're practicing this come under the categories of when to start eating and when to stop eating. So first, let's take a look at what comes up and what's typical for when you're learning how to wait until you're a little hungry to start eating. These are some common challenges that you might run into. So the first one is confusing physical hunger with other signals. So there's a big difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Physical hunger starts in your body. Your stomach sends signals to your brain and it gives the message that it's beginning to get empty and you need to start thinking about your next meal. Starts in your body, ends in your brain. Emotional hunger does the opposite. It's not really hunger but it's something that feels like hunger in your body. And it starts in your brain where you have a thought and that thought creates a feeling in your body and your body gives you a message that feels like you should eat. So you need to distinguish between physical hunger and emotional hunger. When we feel something in our body, it's known as a sensation. A sensation is a vibration that you feel in your body and it starts in your body like hunger or being cold or being tired or being feverish. That's a sensation. A feeling is the same as an emotion and a feeling or an emotion starts in your brain and then sends a signal to your body. So if you feel lonely, happy, angry, fearful, Those are all emotions that give us a a vibration in our body, and it can be a little confusing. So I want you to practice 
observing yourself. And when you think you want to eat, check out where your signal to eat is coming from. Is it coming from your body? Do you actually need to eat food? Now, another challenge that comes up when we're trying not to eat until we feel that physical hunger is that we tend to act on cues from what's happening around us. You know, sometimes we just look at our iPhone and we see that it's 12.03 and our brain comes up with the idea that it's time to eat just because we're used to thinking of that as lunchtime. Or maybe we see other people eating. We might be driving down the road and we see a sign that a restaurant is coming up or maybe we're walking down the street and we pass a bakery and we smell, you know, the warm, delicious bread inside All those cues give us the idea that maybe it's time to eat, but they're not coming from our body, they're coming from our brain. My husband is famous for watching Sunday night Taco Bell commercials and suddenly getting the idea that he's hungry. His body's not hungry. It wasn't hungry before the commercial, but when he watches that perfectly timed Taco Bell Sunday night commercial, It plants the seed in his head and it sends a signal to his body that maybe he needs something and he doesn't. But I'm sure that you can think of an example of when a commercial gives you the idea to eat. Sometimes you may be at a buffet and you may see tons of beautiful food that you had no intention of eating, but just seeing it there gives you the suggestion in your brain. And my biggest trigger myself sometimes is still when I'm with other people sitting at a table and they're eating and I'm not, suddenly the food will give me the idea that maybe it's time to eat. And I have to truly talk to myself and really check out what's going on in my body. So one of the first solutions here is to always, always before you eat, ask yourself whether you are hungry. And if you are hungry, I want you to put a number on it. I want you to be able to say, I'm at a minus one, I'm beginning to get gently hungry, or I haven't eaten in six hours, my body is really at a minus four, I'm really getting pretty hungry. So don't just decide to eat, ask if you're hungry, put a number on it, that's gonna help you make sure that it's physical hunger. So if it's gradual and it's definitely physical, then almost anything will satisfy you. If you are genuinely hungry, then chicken or broccoli or an apple, if they're options, you will be happy to have them. But if you feel like I'm really hungry and I need chocolate cake, that is more of a craving. If you need a specific food to satisfy you, It is not physical hunger, it's emotional hunger. And usually it's not real hunger if the feelings come on really suddenly. So going back to start, the first question will always be, am I hungry? Now, if you're not hungry, then you need to take that eating decision off the table. And I want you to try to notice the thoughts that you're having and try to be curious about What's making you think of eating as a solution for whatever you're thinking? And in order to do this, we kind of need to take a break. You know, 
I want you to get away from the scene of the crime, get away from the meal or the snack, walk away from the table and just check in with yourself. You're not punishing yourself and you're not trying to avoid doing something, but you do want to pause and give yourself a moment to think. And when you do that, it's helpful if you make a fist and then hold that fist right up to where your stomach is, approximately under your rib cage. And as you hold it there, remember how much space is in your stomach and remind yourself that you're filling a physical need. So if there is no space, there is no need. And then this is something that you also can do when you're eating and you want to check in halfway through the meal. Pause, make a fist, and hold it right up to your stomach. Now, if you're in a restaurant or someone's home, take that break. Go into the ladies' room if you need to. Just take a very short time out and look yourself in the mirror. I want you to look into your own eyes. This is not about being tough with yourself. You're not saying you can't have that. You're just trying to figure out exactly what you do need and how much. And this is really a good example of loving self-discipline. And that is you're saying no to yourself because you care about yourself and you care about what you really truly want. And you can do this when you're challenged both with starting before your body's ready and stopping when your body's ready to stop, but your mind wants more. So for stopping, remember that your goal is to eat from a plus two to a minus two. So we eat, and sometimes after we've made that decision to eat, what happens is a lot of people disconnect. They think, well, I made some good choices. I'm hungry. I'm physically hungry. Now I'm going to eat. And then they turn down the volume and they stop listening to their bodies. So that's when we overeat. When we stop paying attention, we end up ending the meal way too full, like at a plus four or five or a six. So the goal is not to check out and eat whatever it is you chose until it's gone. The goal is to keep in touch with yourself while you're eating. And it sounds like a lot of work, I know, but it will become very automatic. You'll check in before you start eating. You'll stay connected with yourself. Then you'll check in halfway through whatever it is you're eating and make sure that you're still physically hungry. And then you'll check in at the end. It's going to become easier and easier. And it's going to be something you do without giving it that much thought. It's just that you're learning, you're relearning a new skill. So please, please be patient with yourself. Now, sometimes it's hard to stop eating because we grew up being a member of the Clean Plate Club, or we're telling ourselves how good something is, right? And we talked about this a little bit in one of the earlier episodes, but when we think something, then that creates a feeling and our feelings directly affect what we do. So if we're having trouble stopping, it may be because our thoughts about stopping are causing us to take the opposite kind of action and that is to keep going. So here's how it plays out when you're eating. 
you might think something very innocently to yourself like, oh, this is so good. I'll never get this again. I need to finish it or I need more or I'll eat this now and then I'll be good later. All of those things that you think lead you to feel either entitled to keep going or hopeless. What's the point of stopping? And you just give in and you keep on eating. So you don't have to become a robot and monitor all your thoughts as you take each bite, but you need to just be aware of what you're thinking. So a good thought, even if something is delicious, is just simple. And that could be like, mm, this is really good, period. You're leaving off the part of, I'll never get this again. I've got to have more. I'm not going to be able to stop. All you're thinking is, this is really good. You're enjoying it. The feeling that you're creating is you're satisfied. And then the action that you take is you're able to stop. Simply by thinking, this is really good versus this is so good, I can't stop. Those little innocent thoughts determine what we do. They determine our actions. There's a really great book called The Compound Effect, and it's by Darren Hardy. So the compounding effect is something that's really interesting to apply to just about every aspect of your life, and especially to eating. And what Darren Hardy is saying is that every single choice we make counts and every single choice gives us a result and it adds up to our final result, to our reality, to our weight, to our finances, to our relationships. Everything we do counts. And this happens to us, all of us, all the time. But it happens whether we're aware of it or not. We do it all the time. We make choices all the time. The goal is to become aware so we could choose actions that take us where we truly want to go, not where we're headed by default. So if you have the habit of eating off your kids' plates, for example, a few little bites here and there, it counts. If you taste your partner's food in a restaurant on top of what you're eating yourself, that counts. It all counts. And every single time you stop at a two, that counts and it takes you closer to what you want. And every single time you eat more than two a two, more than your body needs in that moment, that counts too. That counts also. And that takes you to a place that you don't necessarily want to go, but you may not be thinking of in that moment. So I want you to look at each time you eat as another chance to practice, a chance to become truly aware of what you're doing while you're doing it. Mostly we become aware of what we're doing after, after we overate and we can't take it back and we're regretful. But the goal is to become aware while we're doing it and before. So we practice getting on track to figuring out exactly what our body needs. Now, what our body needs is very, very individual. It has nothing to do with how much is in a package of food or what a serving is in a restaurant or if we go to someone's home for dinner, what they put on our plate. Those are totally arbitrary things that have nothing to do with how much space is in our body at any given moment. 
So I know this was one of my own struggles a while ago, and I see it all the time with my private clients, where I used to look at a box and I used to feel proud that I ate what they considered one serving, but it had nothing to do with what my body needed. So you have to figure out your own serving size. Now, if you have thoughts about being deprived, you will be deprived because deprivation just comes from thinking that this is not fair, everyone else can eat it, why can't I eat it, I deserve to have some, you know, but real deprivation has nothing to do with that. Real deprivation is when someone's preventing you from getting what you need, when there is some reason you can't get what you need. When you yourself decide that you shouldn't have more, that is not deprivation. So let's go back to that thought model that we talked about before and see how you create your own deprived thoughts. There's food in front of you, but you're satisfied, right? You've had enough. Your body's not hungry. And you think something like, darn, it's not fair that I need to stop eating. And that creates the feeling of being deprived. And when you feel deprived, you feel driven to eat more, to get rid of that deprivation feeling. And the result is you have extra weight on your body. So the goal is to give yourself exactly what you need, no matter what anyone else is eating. And that is not deprivation, that's loving self-discipline. Imagine that there's a child that you're looking after and they're asking for a second dessert, or they want to eat something that has been known to make them sick, or maybe it won't let them be hungry for dinner. We say no to them from love. We're not saying no to them from punishment. This is how you need to talk to yourself. If you feel deprived, I want you to look at your thoughts and unearth them. Ask yourself if you want to keep them. If your thoughts are causing you to feel deprived, why do you want to keep those thoughts? Part of beautiful self-care is giving yourself the right amounts of food for your body. This is your responsibility as a grown-up. And I'm going to leave you with that thought. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a gift for you. I want to give you, my podcast listeners, a totally free downloadable copy of my book. The name of the book is Clearing Your Path to Permanent Weight Loss. It's for sale on Amazon right now in hard copy and Kindle. But for you, I'd love you to have this book. It will be truly helpful for you. And it will help you do all the things we're talking about on this podcast. So to get the book, go to weightlossmaderealcom forward slash book. That's weightlossmaderealcom forward slash book. This offer is not on my website yet. It's not on Facebook yet. It's only for you, my listeners. So I want you to keep reading, keep listening, and keep believing in yourself. If you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Give me a rating. Give me a review because this helps other women find me in iTunes. And it's such a good feeling to pay it forward and spread the love that I'm giving to you here today. 
That's all for today. This is Cookie Rosenblum, your master weight loss coach, reminding you that as you search for answers, remember to keep it real, just like you. I will see you next week.